Under the Bridge, the podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Under the Bridge, the podcast. Thank you for joining us for another episode. My name is Nelson Latif. Our guest today is an MMA fighter, Nick the Fury Felber. How you doing, sir? Good, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for coming through, man. No problem. Yes, sir. Really appreciate your time. How do you get involved with MMA? Is it? Do you start off being a boxer, kickboxing? Is it MMA from get go? Um, I played different sports growing up. Played football and all that stuff. Um, tried lots of different things, but uh, yeah. Uh, my senior year of high school, um, I signed up at my first MMA gym in Calgary, and uh, once I once I started, I just fell absolutely in love with it. It was it was my passion. So, so he's been MMA from <laughs> like yeah. The last ten years have been completely completely invested into everything MMA. So cool, Gristov. I believe you also have a background in the military. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, served with the Canadian Forces. I was an uh, infantry soldier in uh, 3 RCR and then also 3 PPCLI. So. Yes, sir. Uh, I want to talk to you about uh, CMC MMA, right? That's your gym. Yep. Uh, yeah. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. How do you, how does, yeah. Um, yeah, I moved down to uh, Lethbridge. Uh, back in mid-February, um, specifically for this gym. Um, Lee Main, the, the head coach there, he's an absolute legend. Yes, uh, <laughs> and, shout out Lee Main, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the MMA world, man, he's a he's an OG. And, uh, you know, his son Jordan was in the UFC, and they've produced UFC fighters. Um, overall, though, just the, the community itself down here um, at that gym attracted me a lot. Um, you know, it's full of good people. I recognize that. And uh, once I moved here and I, I actually started with them, I, I have never been happier. Yes, lived so. up to that expectation. Yeah, when you said you moved here from Calgary, I'm guessing? No, so I was in Edmonton for the last five years. So um, I'd originally gotten posted in 2018 um, to the base in Edmonton. And then uh, I started training um, with uh, Shea Bears MMA up there for a while, and uh, that's kind of where I was. I was based for the last five years, um, and then uh, yeah, yes, transition down here. Yeah, um, I want you to tell me a little bit about Lee Mean. Who is this guy? <laughs> Man, he is. Whenever people talk about Lee Mean, they you'll always hear the word legend because he is the legend. Um, he's, he's the fucking Terminator, man. He, yes, sir. you know, like, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. He's the Terminator. I'll uh, be back. <laughs> yeah, man, literally. Um, his reputation is, is very well known, especially in Canada, but, uh, just throughout the MMA world. And, you know, he's 56 years old. I'm pretty sure he's 56. He looks Don't quote strong. Me, he still but I'm looks. pretty sure he's 56. He looks young, man, and he's still fighting. He fought, like, I think it was last year, knocked a guy out. And wow. He's just, he's a gangster, man. He's he's amazing. But, uh, yeah, he had, like, a, he had a hip replacement, um, you know, a few months back. And, you know, he was 
walking out of there just like that just like that after the surgery flew home and then he's like in the gym the next day you know coaching and walking around and i'm just standing there like you know this monster this monster man uh well at the rumble in the cage uh i noticed like all the cmc mma fighters they are their jits is nuts yeah like is that something that they you guys focus on that gym like Yeah man um yeah down the Roy Harris tree like you know there's i think 10 or 12 black belts just that C- like that if that CMC has produced it produced and uh they're all savages and um yeah you know anytime you're on the mat there's consistent black belts brown belts purple belts it's a very high level jiu jitsu gym Yeah, phenomenal well, talent. Yes, sir. Yeah. great stuff. Um your story is inspirational, right? And uh, I was telling Damien the other day we're going to call this uh, the inspirational fighter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Uh and one thing that I noticed is that people seem to gravitate towards you. It's like you have this star power, right? And I just wanted to know um how going through what you went through you know being diagnosed with cancer and stuff like that um just about what five, six months ago you barely could walk right yeah. and being in this position now where you are you know you are fighting fight to back how, how does that make you feel when when how did you get past that um it it comes down to just mentality honestly um you know last year when i was going through the actual uh cancer process i like all together within a year i had four surgeries um you know my my third operation um i was cut open on the table for 10 hours Gee. and i was i was awake for it too right so um you know that that was one of the longest days of my life and um I remember I was sitting there right and they do local anesthesia on the area where they're cutting um but I just I I will never forget that day and uh you know I had an artery go right at the end of the operation I was I it's funny right like you're cut open but they let me they were like yeah you can stand up you can move what? and <laughs> I stood up and I was I I moved for like a couple seconds and then all of a sudden I like looked down and there's just blood just pouring down my leg and I'm like oh shit that doesn't look good and I like hit the emergency button and I fell on the bed and the nurse came in and she just looked at me she's like you're not allowed to panic till I panic and I'm oh, like man. you look like you're panicking <laughs> like so um yeah man it was a it was a long year and um you know it, the the anxiety and the stress behind all of it is something you cannot you know just explain to someone unless you've lived it yes, it is uh, you you when you're going through the process you hear stories and you look at stories of people that are in similar situations and you know they go for th- what I went for and you know it's it's nothing too bad and then all of a sudden they go back for their next appointment and the cancer's everywhere so mm. it's just that it's a constant fear that what like you just don't know what's going to happen and uh when i was going through that i just always told myself cuz like all i wanted to do was fight yeah you know like the year before i was i was on a roll and then 
you know, cancer just came out of nowhere and like absolutely kiboshed it. And uh, so for me, I was just trying to get back. And every time I had a surgery, I was back in the gym hours after, days after, always training. Um, Yeah, man, I, I didn't stop. Would you say that's one thing that kept you going? The the fact in the just getting back in the gym. It was the only thing that kept me going. I sincerely the the community and the 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 love of the sport and just the my training partners and um, you know the people that actually showed up and stood behind me and supported me. That was every day just going to the gym that was where i found my happiness right on the mats you know hitting the bag hitting mitts you know sparring just doing everything like it was a normal day for me and for me that's my normal right is is training so yeah Yeah, you're a real fighter through through and through i must say thank you so much for sharing that with us man um i want to let's talk about rumble in the cage yeah right Rumble in the cage, 65. Uh, and for myself, really, big shout out to everyone involved in that production. That was really top class, uh, great production, great night, fantastic fight all around. I, we, I had a great time. You know, myself and my buddy, Damien, we had a, we had a great time. Um, I want to ask you, what's your favorite uh, fight of the night besides your fight? Um, I would definitely say um, Majed's fight the so the main event um i didn't get to see his fight um live but i watched it the next day or a a couple days after when it was actually posted and you know getting to train with him is one thing and like i know what it's like to have him in front of me and like he's (laughs) it's always a chess match right like he's he's such a killer man he he's so crafty right like not the biggest guy but like he is he's so intelligent when it comes to fighting very high level fight iq um and just you know just seeing how he handled someone like that was clearly way bigger than him too um because the guy he was fighting missed weight and you could see it you could see the size difference and majed handled him like 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 a champion you know, he dominated him. So yeah, you said the guy that you fight, you fought, missed weight, right? Yeah. But they they would go ahead with yeah. the same. Yeah. Uh, just, was that the same thing that happened with your fight? Because I believe you switched fighters as well. The guy you were supposed to fight. No. So the guy I was supposed to fight, he just disappeared. What? Yeah. When so, MIA. Yeah. So <laughs> the guy I was originally supposed to fight, he just stopped messaging my coach. He stopped messaging uh, just the promotion in general, and just fell off the map. He didn't even say why. There was no excuse. You know. Typically, if a fighter is going to drop out of a fight, they'll typically, you know, say like, oh, I have this injury or I have this going on or they'll, you know, say something, you know, and granted, like, you know, sometimes guys do get injured and it's part of the sport and you have to understand that and be okay with that. But there was no, there was no communication. So how did that play out for you, though, mentally, like? preparing for this guy and having the guy that came down from Mexico, I believe. Yeah. Um, was that the switch? When is, do you started like um, pre- preparing for this new fighter a week before, three days before, two days before? It was like, two weeks before. That must be crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was, yeah, I think it was like two and a half weeks notice or something like that. And difference. this guy that you fought, the I want, to, I want us to dive into your fight. Um, 
you know, a little bit. Uh, I knew he was in camp already, he was in great shape. I think he was preparing for another fight. Yeah. So when he got the call to fight you, it was not like a big deal for him, I must yeah. say. But, you're, but you had disadvantage now, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was your mental state going into that fight? Um, you know, I knew that going into the fight, you know, these, these guys from Mexico, they, they, they fight every other weekend. Yes. You know, <laughs> they, they have a lot of unsanctioned stuff. Um, I tried to do my own like research on him and, you know, see what I could find. And it's, it's funny, right? Like you can find stuff from like 2014, 2015 and, and so forth so you know he's he's got a lot of experience in the amateurs they amateur <laughs> amateur whatever you want to call it right down there it's their amateur fights are a bit like they look a little more like pro fights yeah to me, and they, they usually have like 10 i mean hundreds 200 fights yeah, behind man, them they, already they'll fight every weekend if they can they're like those thai guys man they're crazy but um i knew he was a like a veteran of this sport um and uh for me, the biggest thing was, you know, I was two weeks out. I had done all this work. I, I couldn't even walk up my stairs, you know, to go to sleep five months, five months before this fight. Yes, and, you know, I did all this work to get back to where I was. I just told myself, you know what, I'm going to go in there and like show this guy what's up. And for me, I just wanted to get back in there. I yes, just want, sir. like, I, I had earned that right. I'd proven to myself that I could do it. I proved to everyone around me I could do it, to my coaches, to everybody. And, um, you know, not many guys are coming back from, you know, getting <laughs> a significant surgery like what I went through just at the end of December, you know, and making a full fight camp and comeback within a five-month period. Jeez, that's so, not many guys. That's fact. Not many guys. I have a theory how that fight played out, you know, I personally, I, in my opinion, I feel like the referee was still in um, amateur fight mode. Yeah, it was quite unfortunate that your fight was the first um, uh, professional fight right yeah. after the amateur yeah. fight, right? Yeah, because that's stoppage. That's way too early for me. Yeah, and I know you are a humble guy. <laughs> you know, you're a great sportsmanship. You guys, you know, you cut it up, and you know, yeah. and I was like, but. I, we were still upset. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, everybody yeah, in the crowd yeah, was upset. Yeah, uh, we had some girls we were sitting next to, some guys that we met with. Everyone was like, "What? <sighs> What's what going that? on?" Yeah, you know? man. Um, what's your opinion? Your honest opinion, bro? I, I, you know, yeah, that was way too early for me. Yeah, no, um, you know, he caught me. Um, I, I think myself and everyone else, when we were looking at this guy, we're going like, ah, I don't think he's going to throw too much for head kicks. And, you know, first thing he does uh, when we engage, he comes out there and he throws a head kick at me and I check it and I'm like, oh, shit, okay, <laughs> we're throwing head kicks today. And it's it's funny because, like, his game plan was my game plan. As soon as we engage, I was going to throw that head kick and then he did it first and I'm like, oh, shit, okay, uh, here we go. And then, uh, yeah, we clinched up and I felt, you know, I, I was stronger than him. Um, my grappling felt on point and then I landed that knee to the head, the elbow. I'm like, okay, here we go. Like, I was like, this is my cage. Yes, sir. And, you know, uh, when he, when he was back in, when he was backing out of the corner there, he caught me with that hook and my head dropped a bit. And then, um, 
you can see I'm about to engage and he just threw that snap kick up, man. And he just caught me. And yeah, my, my lights definitely went out for like a, a millisecond. Like I flashed, but you know, I felt I was falling. I caught myself, my hands went down. I immediately came up to protect myself and it sucks. Cause you know, he was hitting the top of my head. I could feel him hitting me, but I could also feel like as soon as I hit the ground, I knew I was getting up. Yeah. So for me, it's like, even if he was going to finish me on the ground, you let me go out on my shield, especially as a professional. I'm going in there knowing that this is the circumstance. I want to eat 10 or 15 of his hard shots to my chin and I want to be out cold so I can look back at that video and go, you know what? He won that fight. Yeah. But when I sit there and I go like, ah, I could have grabbed his leg or I could have climbed up and I could have grabbed him and wrestled him where yeah. I'm, where I'm very strong. It, it's unfortunate, right? Cause it's, it's that what if, and I don't want there to ever be what ifs when I fight. Right. And you see it all the time. Like even at the highest level, like in UFC and stuff, like things like that happen, right? Guys get caught. The refs jump in too quick. It's, it's not an uncommon thing, but also as a, like as a professional fighter, I want to go out. I want to go out on my shield if that's how I'm going to go out. Yes. So, um, yeah, man, I, I, I feel exactly the same way, uh, to be honest. But um, the good thing is you have a, a – being the fighter that you are, uh, you know, like you said, you just, want, you, you just go in. You're going through it, man. You yeah. want to go through everybody. So you have the chance to right the wrongs real quick, and I like that. Yeah. Uh, is it September 8th? Yeah, September 8th. Yeah, tell us and about that, man. Yeah, I'm fighting on uh, Unified 52 up in Calgary at the BMO Center. Um, so – that's uh yeah six and a half weeks yeah, who was this guy you fighting uh his name's caleb ermine he's a native guy from saskatchewan um tough guy um he's got he's got pretty good jiu-jitsu um and uh you know he beat he beat one of my old training partners from edmonton and you know my training partner from edmonton he's no joke he's a tough dude um a really hard guy to finish as well and you know they went to decision but um you know i never i i, I treat everyone i fight like gsp man yes uh. you know what i mean <laughs> like it doesn't matter who i'm fighting you know i could be fighting you know a 12 year old little boy you know or a grown man i don't care it's i'm gonna treat my fight camp, like I'm going to fight GSP. Like I'm going to work my ass off. I'm going to make sure I worked harder than that guy. Um, so, you know, ev everyone likes to say like, Oh, you got this. And like, you're going to, you're going to slaughter this guy. It's, it's an MMA fight. Anyone who's ever been in an MMA fight knows anything can happen. And I know that better than anyone, yeah. you know, like you expect the unexpected and you go in there and you just have fun. Uh, have fun. I wanna. <laughs> it's the way you said it, man. <laughs> Just wanna go in there and fun. Look, um, for casuals myself, uh, you know, I wanna know how how what goes through your mind, what goes through your mindset going into a fight. Is it um? Does it have to be personal? Is it you know? Is it just business as usual? Yeah, it's just business, man. Um, m almost all the guys I fought, I'm I'm friends with now. Um, so that's pretty cool. Uh. You know, it, there's there's not many other sports where, you know, you're going to get in a fist fight with someone and then, you know, 
be texting and messaging each other <laughs> and like become brothers after it. And uh, yeah, everyone I fought, I've I've become friends with once once the business was done. Right. So for me, that's uh, it. Just shows the type of world that you know the MMA world is. You know, you see you see a lot of the time, right? Like especially in the UFC or Bellator, like guys will be chirping each other before the fights and like back and forth. And yeah, yeah. Talk, talk but then, shit. like once it's done, it's all respect. And because once you go through it with someone, you 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 know, it's it's hard not to want to give them that respect. It's not many people can do this, right? So for me, it's never personal. It's always just business. Yeah. But have you had someone that you fought in the past that just, you know, talk shit all through? Uh, a, uh, a, nah, no, I haven't had uh, I haven't had anyone really shit talk me, which I'm kind of upset about because like, <laughs> you I need would, that. Right? I kind of I, I, I actually don't really know what I would do if someone started <laughs> shit talking me. I'd be like, probably, no, probably all right, man, yeah. before the fight. Yeah, <laughs> man, I, I, I don't even know how I would handle that situation because I've never like, I, like I've had people trash talk me like, yeah. you know, bouncing at bars and working at bars and. You know that usually doesn't go their way, but um, <laughs> but outside of that, man, like yeah, I've never I've never really had an online engagement or or seen any anyone I'm about to fight talk talk shit online. So and I and I like I'd like to keep it that way because you know for me it it is the respect and it, it you know we're going in there and we're doing something very dangerous and we're taking a huge risk you know for very little money you know for us this is just honor right? yeah so that's 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 what i take away from it yeah you're fighting for something bigger than that yeah um uh, fighting for little money and stuff i want to ask you um what's the what's the next step well, what will be the uh, the family that you want to you know uh, is the ufc bellator or, or um or pfl um Man, there's there's so many good promotions nowadays. Um, PFL is amazing. Um, one Championship is is such a great promotion. Yeah, One I, Championship. I, that's the Singapore. Yeah, they yeah. do. They do. They're more of the Asian market, but yeah. you know, they're they're just as big as UFC in my opinion. And like the fighters they produce are you know incredible. You know, they have some of the best strikers in the world coming out of Thailand and those other places. And you know they treat their fighters well and one thing i really like that they're doing over there is they're doing hydration testing oh. so the fighters aren't cutting weight and you look at how many fighters even like these ufc guys like they're passing out after cutting weight and like you know it's the most dangerous part of fighting is the weight cut and like there's been times like where i've been cutting weight and i'm like oh shit like mm -hmm. you know you have those oh shit moments and you just don't know what's what's coming and because you know your blood is so thick you know from dropping so much water and so much weight and you know it's scary like you you, you know guys have had strokes guys have died and um you know i f i don't think a lot of people understand just how dangerous and like how much we're risking every time we do it right and so if I could get into any promotion, it'd probably be one championship. Just just for that, just to fight well, uh, it more of a natural way. Hydration club is that what you call it? Hydration testing. testing. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be nicer to just fight, 
you know, at a more natural weight. What's your natural weight and how many <laughs> weight do you have to cut for? Uh, I'm walking around like 180, 185, and I fight at 155. So if I was fighting for like one championship, I'd ideally try to be like a 170 or so, like yeah. a welterweight. But uh, yeah, it's, you know, unfortunately, you got to cut a little bit of weight because a lot of these guys here in North America, you know, most of these guys are cutting 15, 20 pounds a fight. So that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you, who's your, from a fighter's perspective, uh, who's your GOAT? Oh, hold on a second. Do you have a GOAT or do you have a favorite fighter? Um, yeah, so I have... As far as GOAT goes, yeah. um, definitely Mighty Mouse Johnson. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> he is, in my opinion, the most talented MMA fighter ever. John Jones is definitely right behind him. John Jones' fight IQ is, is crazy. Mm. It's insane. He is just like a natural-born hunter, but Mighty Mouse is like, in my definition, more of like a true martial artist and like how he thinks and how he moves and everything like you know there's it's a viral video you know everyone like looks at like you don't even have to understand mma and you can look at this video and go holy shit right like it it's the craziest move you know mighty mouse um throws like like almost like suplexes this guy and then midair throws on an arm bar and lands on the ground in the arm bar and you're just like you watch it slow motion and you're like, how the fuck did he do that? <laughs> like, like just as someone who trains, like I sit there and I'm just like, I can't, I can't even comprehend it. Right. So you look at his skill level and he's, he's phenomenal. But, uh, if I have to pick a favorite fighter, um, it's definitely Justin Gaethje. Yes. Sir. Um, I met Justin, in the locker room of my first ever amateur fight in Calgary for hard knocks. Yeah. He was cornering uh, T-Smash Laurent Nelson. And I lost my fight and I walked into the locker room and Justin looked at me and just was like, don't worry, kid, I lost my first one. And then, <laughs> and then I started knocking everybody out and I was like, I remember that. And uh, I didn't even really know who he was at the time. Like I, like I knew he was, I knew he was pro, and I was I knew he fighting where, in UFC already at the time. I don't know if he was in the UFC yet, but like he was right, right there. Because I remember it was like a few months or not even after that. I saw him in the UFC, and I was, I made the connection, and I'm like, oh, no, no shit, that's no the guy. Shit. That's why the didn't guy. I get a picture? <laughs> yeah, man, I should have got a picture. And uh, so yeah, and then after meeting him I, I really came to admire him but you know he is by definition a fighter he he, he is one of the, like the hardest hitting lightweights in the UFC yep and every time he is fighting it is constant car crashes and you know he throws his leg kicks very like very wild and takes a lot of risk because like I, I don't know if you've ever kicked a knee before, but like when it's bone on bone and you kick someone's knee, it hurts like a motherfucker. Yes, sir. And you know I I have built my shins up for a long time, and you know if you've watched any of my fights i love leg kicks i love yeah. kicking legs out from under guys like i love taking those legs home with me 
and a lot of like my style I've I've learned and built off of Justin's style, just that that bully mentality, hard yeah. hard leg kicks and just mean hooks, mean overhands, and just constant car crashes. Because when I think about you know I look at you know Mighty Mouse or these other guys, they're very technical and very precise fighters. But then I look at guys like Justin and his fan base, and I look at like the people that watch MMA and like what when I think about what people want to watch. I th- I think about like Justin. Yeah. By definition, yeah. people yeah. want to see just like that that guy that marches forward, hits hard and is not scared to like, you know, take those back and it's just it's just car crash after car crash after car crash. <laughs> and if you're going to do this sport, you might as well make it like as enter fucking tanning as possible. Yeah. And that's how I that's how I see myself. That's what you know, when I look back, you know, 10 fights from now or however many fights from now, I want to look back on every fight and be like, fuck yeah. I went all out. All out. That's that's it, man. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, I, it's, incredible, it's incredible to see that. I know that um, you had so many people that help you out in the bridge um, during your fight camp yeah. and training camp. Um, you want to give them a shout out? Yeah, man. Um, I had multiple sponsors, um, Apollo Strength, uh, Sarah Duban. She's an acupuncturist uh, here in town. She is, I've been getting acupuncture for 10 years and she's phenomenal um, at what she does. And she, she helped me so much. And then she let uh, their, their, uh, their shop let me use their sauna for like for cutting weight and other things. Um, yeah, Apollo Strength, um, High Key Foods did my meals for me. Um, Alan over there is an amazing chef. Um, I had um, my sponsor, Death Defied um, and Deadly Threads. He's a, a veteran-owned company clothing line. He's been with me since the start. Um, you know, so it's it's pretty cool to have him on board and um yeah clinch fight shop up in edmonton um yeah yes uh i know you're always in the gym well your social life i don't even know if you have one (laughs) no (laughs) but when you are not working so hard in the gym you know uh how do you enjoy some quality time here in Lethbridge? um here in Lethbridge, I you know I I just got a puppy, so yeah, you know her and I. Uh, what what we, kind of puppy? A golden retriever. Okay. Yeah, so her and I are always down by the river, man. She loves the water, so anytime. Uh, what's what's the, what's the name? Luna. Luna. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, she's awesome, man. So I've I've wanted a I wanted a dog for my entire life and never had the opportunity. And when I moved down here, I was like I'm planting my roots here. So yeah. I was like. I think the way I'm gonna establish that is I'm gonna get a puppy. So ended up getting her. Yes, sir. Uh, before I let you go, man, I just want you to um, tell us a little bit more about the September Hate Fight. What can people expect, and um, how can people come out and support you and and buy tickets and stuff like that? Because I'd like to come myself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can either reach out to me uh, directly on my Instagram account. Uh, it's the real Nick Fury. Or you can just go on Unified Site. Um, there's a promo code. It's just my last name, Felber10, for buying the tickets and um, uh, seats or tables, whatever you need. Um, 
but yeah, uh, as far as that goes, it's, it's pretty straightforward, um, for as far as getting tickets and the, the event is at BMO center. So it's going to be, it's going to be a really, it's going to be a sweet show, man. Isn't that where the, had the, uh, the, what you call it? The, uh, the Calgary stampede. Yeah. They, yeah. That, uh, the BMO center oh, okay. hosts like a lot of events. So it's like there, a posh, so. posh event. Yeah, <laughs> man. It's going to be a cool event. It's going to, it's unified, um, MMA. They, they put on some pretty epic shows, man. They're, as far as quality goes for actual event and you know the cage is amazing um and you know the the fights are going to be on ufc fight pass and wow it's yeah it's it's an epic event so um it's definitely worth coming to check out yes uh thank you so much nick uh before i let you go man uh do you have any uh sign up sign out message of hope inspiration for someone that has been through what you've gone through because uh, I, I truly I consider you an inspiration and um, I feel like your story needs to be told and just to give people hope and not give not to not give up yeah man absolutely um, when when I when I think about explaining this to people you know um, I don't sugarcoat it um, you know the entire process is 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 very dark itself right just the idea of having an illness that can kill you you know in the blink of an eye or spread like in the blink of an eye and just all like all these things are very daunting on the mind but um you know you're gonna you're gonna have family not show up you're gonna have friends not show up um i unfortunately <laughs> felt that um and that's probably the worst part of the entire thing. But the amount of people that showed up for me that I didn't know or that I didn't expect, it, it blew my mind. Um, the amount of support that I got, especially just from the fight community and from, you know, like people I hardly knew online and everything it was it was really incredible um you know people obviously understand like it's not an easy situation but um yeah it's uh it's it gets better yes, and sir. you know no matter what i just every day i just had the same mentality it was just get to the next day get to the next day and just keep fighting no matter what, like no matter what happens or no matter what the doctor says, just do what you love. And every day I was doing what I loved. I was in the gym. I was training. I was surrounding myself with the people I like and the people I love. And that for me is the biggest thing. So after everything I went through, you know, that's that's how I that's how I view it now. I don't want to be surrounded by anyone that I don't, you know, feel like they fit in my no, corner. No, no, no friends. Yeah, man. It's you know, I have very few friends now but the friends i have are so solid man and they are like they are always there for me and the relationships we have are so strong and you know i when i when i talk about you know friends and you know these other parts of you know relationships in life you know it, it's it's hard to manage you know you know 10 10 friends you know especially if you have a relationship and you know your family and everything else 
you should only be investing your time into like three solid core people because yes, then you're going to get everything you need back from them. It's going to be a very mutually beneficial relationship. And um, just throughout the cancer process, I, you know, I had a few friends like that. And, you know, one of them actually lives here. And uh, he was a huge part of why I, I ended up actually moving here. Um, but those people, those core people, they are what's going to get you, get you through it. And they're going to be there. And like, that's, that's for me, that's everything. And um, yeah, man, no matter what, just don't quit. When I was in the army, um, when I was in battle school, like battle school is absolute fucking hell, right? Mm-hmm. It's designed to break the, you know, the strongest, the strongest men. Your, your job description is close with and destroy the enemy. So they're trying to see who's the boys, right? They're trying to see who's going to fucking have your back when mm-hmm. grenades and, you know, rocket launchers are shooting over your head. And when the chaos starts, you know, who's going to, who's going to back you. And, um, you know, you wake up at 5 a.m. and it's it's go time every time, every day. It is just right from the get-go, chaos, right? You're always, you're always, you're always in chaos. And my mentality and all the other guys' mentalities, and you know, even if they didn't think about it, this is how I was thinking about it. It, it was just get get to the next meal, mm. right? Like, and that's how we view it, right? Get to the next meal. No matter what's happening in the moment, just think about like, okay, lunch is coming and I'm going to go eat lunch and then it's on to the next thing. And eventually the days just start rolling together, right? And, you know, all of a sudden you're three months, three months in and then you're like, oh shit. Just like I only that. have like two weeks <laughs> left, right? And like, the, you know, the days just kind of blow away. But uh, I definitely took, that mentality, um, having that mentality and having, you know, gone through something so mentally challenging, it made last year, I wouldn't say a lot easier for me. Um, I will never sit there and say like, it was not the hardest thing I've ever gone through because that'd be an absolute lie. It was the most challenging thing I have ever gone through mentally, not just on me, but on my family, on everyone in my life. And, um, you know, no matter what, I just had that mentality. Just don't fucking quit. Yes, sir. And you don't have to go through fucking cancer. You don't have to, you know, have some sort of life-threatening illness to truly understand that concept. Does it fucking help? Absolutely. Mm. I have a very much different outlook on life now. And, you know, I see the world very differently and I see it differently from most people and just having conversations with people. I understand that, but no matter what, if day in and day out, you practice that mentality of do what you love and never fucking quit. I can't see how, you know, (laughs) you won't make it through something. Yes. uh, No matter what. Yes. So thank you so much. Do what you love and don't quit. Nick, Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. And I uh, will definitely have you back here sometime soon. Absolutely. And man. good luck and all the best for your next fight. We'll Perfect. be there to support you for sure. Thanks, man. Yes, sir. And massive thanks to every single one of you for tuning in once again. And be on the lookout for our next episode. Peace.